Welcome to the Empty Spiral podcast, the official podcast of the Lacuna Core community. Uh, my name is Matt Rycroft, and I'm joined today by Mike Dyer and Russell Taylor. So, how are you doing, guys? Uh, good, thank you. Yep, no complaints. Thank you, Matt. What have you been up to then? Anything exciting? Um, well, for me, um, this Tuesday just gone, I went down to London to see Moonspell for the first time in 10 years, which was uh, pretty cool. Of course, you, last time you saw them would have been at your first Lacuna Core show, wasn't it? Right. Yeah, yeah, 10 years ago, which actually uh, mentioned to the Moonspell as, um, as soon as they arrived, because they did a meet and greet, which was pretty cool to meet them and chat to them briefly. Excellent. They're a great band. Yeah, yeah, yeah fantastic. Well, you, Russ? Anything exciting? Me, nothing too exciting this week. A fairly quiet week, so uh, old age is clearly setting in, so I'm, I'm pacing myself. <laughs> <laughs> pacing yourself, yes. Uh, for me, it's mostly been work, so nothing exciting. Anyway, so that's us then. Nothing exciting for us this week, although I am going to see Miss Sugar next week. So I'm quite cool. looking forward to seeing that. Um, right, news time. So as you might have spotted, there have been a number of YouTube... Uh, video interviews have been uh, put online recently. Uh, we've got a, a couple which were brought to our attention over the last week or so. We've had uh, Lacuna Coil interviewed by Rock Metal Inc., which you can see on the front page of Empty Spiral. That's a particularly interesting interview uh, where uh, both uh, Pizza and Christina talk about the band's albums and uh, touring history and uh, quite a lot more, actually. So check it out. It's quite an interesting one. And then there's another one which is by um, Psychobabble TV. So this was with Mike, who sits down with Christina and talks about a variety of things, including how she well keeps her voice in good order on when she's touring and uh, social networking on the internet, which is quite relevant, of course. So how she manages her Facebook page and so on and so forth. Again, an interesting interview, and if you haven't checked that out, uh, please do so. There's also an interview you can check out on a link on blabbermouth.net, which is with Pizza, and he talks about life on the road, what it's like being a touring musician and also he sort of drops some hints on the new material that Marco's currently working on back in Milan so uh, be sure to check that out as well uh, I think it was recorded prior to the gig in Baltimore on the recent tour and as I said as well as sort of uh, talking about life on the road there's a couple of segments there about Baltimore crab cakes so feel free to check that out also this week, Christina's posted on Facebook that she will be joining Paradise Lost on stage uh, when they appear at Metal Hammer's annual Golden Gods Award, which is on Monday the 17th of June in London. So if you're in the UK, keep an eye on the Metal Hammer website and uh, check out the magazine to see if you can win yourself some tickets to um, to see the show. I've been to Golden Gods a couple of times now and uh, it's, it's always really enjoyable, actually. It's quite diverse, uh, lots of different bands there quite a bit of a buzz and it's quite a fun award ceremony as well so do check it out and uh, hopefully you'll get a chance to um, see Christina there if you're lucky today's topic of conversation folks is band styles I believe it is is that right guys yep yeah, styles I think so. imagery styles and imagery so let's just kind of talk through this because it could be a, a bit of a weird one we're not really talking about the albums are we? we're talking about how the band's I guess on stage fashion has changed over the years maybe and how it sort of ties in with the, the album is that right? 
Yeah, I mean, it was sort of a case of sort of looking at how the different styles and imagery of the band blends well with the, the thematics of the albums. So if you go back, sort of predominantly starting with Comalize, you had that darker sound, um, the priest, the gothic imagery with the cloaks on stage, which then moved forward into Karma Code with the, the shirt and tie philosophy, tying in with the masks, moving on to Shallow Life with the sort of more glam, um, Hollywood, LA kind of imagery, which obviously tied in with the concept of that album um, to the current with Dark Adrenaline. And obviously, what a lot of people would have seen on the tour is sort of the, the dark, like lab coats, which again ties in with the theme of the album very well, I think. Yeah, sure, sure. Yeah, yeah. So, where do we start with this? Do we want to start with Comalize and the, the Monks? Because I always kind of see Comalize as a, um, in terms of an album, it's still still has a gothic roots mm. um but i, I the, the monk stuff is i don't know is that comalize is that is that um unleashed memories i whenever i think comalize and maybe this is just me kind of looking on on the pictures from the album and the promos at the time i remember there was kind of a lot like a lot of leather tops is that right kind of buttoned across and then uh christina at the time was wearing the Kind of the, the red Chinesey kind of dress, yep. that yeah. That yeah. as well, but they were wearing, as you say, especially Andy was wearing the, the the big robes, and that was most evident, of course, in the Heavens Alive video, wasn't it? Yeah. Mm. So did that fit in with the style of the album? I think it did, didn't it? Yeah, I mean, it it sort of came along with that persona of walking on the stage. It was sort of more darker imagery. The music was quite dark at the time. And uh, I just seem to remember, uh, you know, fashionable monks doing a lot of headbanging on stage. It's not quite ghost, though, is it, with the the, 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 the very tall jowers? There's there's still time yet, or or some Maltese, you know, get some trolls on stage. That would be cool. Yeah, yeah. Well, we got to be careful it doesn't go too within temptation or battle or. So. <laughs> we could tie in with the thematics of last week. Maybe get some robots in there, some trolls, some robots, and some priests. There you uh, go. And ninjas. Don't forget the ninjas. <laughs> yeah, dancing man. Never forget dancing ninjas. Yes, yeah. <laughs> this is brilliant. Dancing metal ninjas. I love it. Okay, what um, what about you, Mike? What do you think of that that kind of style at the time? Well, I definitely think, as you say, that it links in the whole robe thing with Comalize, but I think that that period um, of, well, dress, as it were, also links into pre, pre-Comalize. If you look at, definitely look at videos from, well, a few years earlier to the Unleashed Memories era, and possibly earlier than that, they seem to go through the whole theme of that kind of, um, the way they, they appeared on stage and I think that was linked to the energy and everything that went with it at the time during the performances. So what, moving on to Comalize, what, what about the, the shirts and the ties and and the, the trousers and so forth? Did, did that work at that time? Yeah, I think it did. I think it was a good theme to uh, theme to have to link in. As Russ says, I, I didn't really... Um, think about it at first with the whole linking it in with the theme to each album and I think that it works really well. Well you, Russ? What do you reckon? Yeah, pretty much agree with Mike. As I said, there's a uh, almost like a staple of individuality that Lacuna Coil puts out with each album release and it's very cool that they can kind of tie the two things together. Um, a lot of bands, obviously not taken away from other bands, but they will just sort of do the, the same sort of thing day in, day out. 
again, it's not a criticism, but if you take Metallica, Metallica, you know, you see them, they're always Metallica. Um, Lacuna Core, there's always something that's different when an album comes out with the, as I said, the imagery. And again, from a fan's point of view, it's very, very cool to see the different concepts and the ideas that they come out with. And it's sort of, it's more of an artistic statement, really, I suppose you could say. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I absolutely agree with you. And, I, and like Mike said, it's not something you necessarily think about until you look back and you see the way that the band have changed their stage presence. And I, and I think they take that visual stuff very seriously. Mm. And I, and like you, I, I really like it. I like the way that over time with each album, they have presented that album to the fans at shows through the fashion style that they use on stage. And as it happens, the the Karma Code era, which is the the white shirts for, um, well, depending on the show, there was white shirts for Christina and Andrea with the black ties. Mm. Uh, the rest of the guys will be wearing black striped shirts. And I really like that. Especially mm. at the time, you could buy the uh, the Lacuna Coil logo on a black tie. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, which you'd see people wearing at the shows. And of course, you'd see the band wearing at the shows. And it was like a uniform. And I really, really like that. That's probably my favourite. I'm jumping ahead a little bit, but that's probably my favourite of the, the visual kind of fashion that, that they put on when they were playing the shows. Mm. So with Shallow Life, because there was quite a distinct fashion on the album itself, was it? especially with Andrea and Christina when they played down that, or played that stereotype, as you said, that sort of visual stereotype with the, with the two of them in the spotlight. But it wasn't quite the same as it was on stage, but it was a very kind of a, um, what's the word I'm looking for, kind of American kind of look about it, wasn't there, as I recall. Yeah, very glammed up and everything, I mm. thought. Mm. How did that work? I mean, it certainly worked well with the concept of the album. Not that I thought everybody got the concept of the album, unfortunately, but yeah. but it, it certainly worked for it, didn't it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> deep in thought there. Yeah, deep, deep in thought, projecting through silence. I remember one thing they did during the, um, it must have been Karma Code tours, was they... And we, you, you talked about it when we were talking about um, virtual environment. I think you, when you, when they came on that time, was your it's your favourite tour. Yeah. And they had the um, the ultraviolet. I think it is. I think I might yeah. have said phosphorus last time, but I think I meant ultraviolet light. <laughs> and the white masks, didn't they? Do you remember yeah. that? And they yeah. wore yeah. those as part of that. And that was that, that was really cool. I really like that. That was something a bit different. And they only did on that tour. Uh, and then I also remember with the the Shallow Life tour they actually use a video backdrop didn't they on a few shows the larger shows where they could yeah, yeah I, specifically, I specifically remember the one I think it was the Shallow Life album release when they played uh, the London Kentish Town Forum and they had the biggest stage set up with as you said the backdrop which tied in again with the album but there was also the videos shown as well which looked really really cool so when they played Heaven's a Lie you had the full backdrop and everything and as a, as a live spectacle it worked really really well especially with the lighting yeah and they did the same thing when they played um, Shippers Push Empire didn't they in London that year yeah or was yeah. it the year later where they had the the video and they, they played a boxing video when El, when Underdog was being played that sort of thing and that's it yeah, yeah. That? That, that, that was kind of kind of fun and again it was a very much a visual thing and they don't do all the time and they explore it in different ways, but it, it certainly came across very well then. 
What's interesting for me is it was it during that leg of the tour that they would come on with, um, like the uh, towards the end of the the tour cycle for Shallow Life, there'd be times when they would come in with kind of like um, shirts on, but they'd all be got like powder on them, all whited, so they all looked really kind of stained and dirty. Do you remember that one? That's right. It, it rings a, a bell. I'll be honest, I'd forgotten about that. But yeah, the more I think about it, yeah, they did. That was quite interesting because what what I noticed is that the style of those shirts are very similar in style to what we've seen on Dark Adrenaline. Mm. Yeah. Dark Adrenaline's got the, the adrenaline badge on it, of course, and the and their name on the arm and the, and on the breast. Um, but sort of coming on to Dark Adrenaline, you're right, especially Andrea and Christina again have the um, that visual style of. I never really saw it as a lab coat because it's not quite them coming on like Ramstein have done in the past where they come on with a white, <laughs> white lab coat covered yeah, with blood yeah. and rubber gloves on. Not quite as bad as that. But there is that kind of sense that there is a uniformity. Uniform, yeah, about yeah. it. And it does really, really work. I really like it. Mm. Uh, and of course, they mix it up with, with wearing the um, the bandanas as well across the faces and during the first song when they come on. That looks great. That yeah, does. It really does. Yeah, it's one of the best visual things to uh, the start start the uh, the gig with light like the masks on the Karmaco tour. I think it just works really well for the audience. It's something, yeah, yeah, something interesting when the band come on because you know there it, there is something quite I don't know. I won't say it cheapens the experience, but if when you're at a band when you're at a show I should say and the lights go down you really want the lights to come up and there to be something there don't you and yeah I don't know, you, you, there's always the small venues where the band kind of walk on sometimes look a little bit nervous a bit embarrassed and they might be, pick up their guitars or plug their guitar I'm not talking necessarily about the critical but any band in a small gig and yeah you get that sense of intimacy but it's not quite a show at that point is it whereas yeah. if the lights go up, go down and then the lights come up and there's some intro music and the band come out in a certain distinctive way, whether it's with a mask or bandanas or wearing a uniform or something, then it immediately sets a visual kind of cue um, and it becomes much more memorable. And I think that's what the Kuda Corps try to do and I applaud them for it. I think it's great. Mm. So what's your favourite of them then? Uh, I'd probably go with the current set up at the moment i also really really love karma code um the introduction and the mask as i've talked on before but i think the best overall concept that works is is the current one with dark adrenaline it just fits perfectly um as you just mentioned with with the bandanas when andrea and christina sort of rush the stage and sort of come out and they go into that first song there's a real high octane energy punch that comes out and it really lifts the crowd and goes you know excellently into the first song so i think that's probably the strongest sort of opening that they've done to be honest fair enough what about you mike i would also go with the same but possibly as well go with the uh the karma code uh things with the masks well not just the masks, the whole thing um the whole stage setup i see i distinctly remember being in manchester seeing them um when I think it was the first time I saw them with the masks on when they started the gig, and I just thought that that was visually quite uh, cool at the time. To like, I can't remember if they all had masks on or just a few of them, but when that started, that that really uh, set the benchmark for the um, the opening of the gig, just like Dark Adrenaline. I, I really like the Karma Code one. That's my favourite. The white shirts, the stripy trousers and the tie. It was something cool about it and it also rem- kind of reminded me of uh, schoolboys 
sort of thing. Yeah. <laughs> and that, sounds, that, sounds, that came out wrong. You know what I mean? <laughs> All right, but, Jimmy. <laughs> but no, there was a kind of a... It was a uniform, and, it, and they came out, and I really liked that. And it, and it was a certain formality with the wearing ties. It was like they were there for business, and it kind of it stemmed back to the old Godfathers yeah. days. Yeah, where, yeah. Where, you know, we were hailing from Italy, and we're here to to mean business and you better take it seriously and I always felt the wear and the shirt and tie you know, somewhat, somewhat stereotypically of course was we're here we mean business and let's face it when you're at a metal show or a rock show how many people do you see on stage in shirts and ties you just mm. don't see it very often anymore no. so, so that was memorable for me I mean I always sort of think back to when they did download that year and um, you know, especially Christina when she was on stage singing Enjoy the Silence in front of what was it like 80,000 people and even now you watch the video back and that particular appearance with sort of you know the high boots and the, the white shirt and the tie is such an iconic image in yeah. the history of the band it's very very cool. This week we are reviewing Cold, uh, which of course appears on the first full-length album In a Reverie. What can I say about Cold? Uh, I, I like it. It's quite quite emotive, but I can't pin down what it's about. Whether it's about death, as that kind of thing could be a running theme with the album, or whether it's about um, letting someone go, as it says. I, d- I don't know whether it's someone dying like it says closer and closer it's time to surrender um uh reaching for the sky going to fly and um, won't you please stay that like um conjures up images that someone's like in a hospital bed or something and they're dying or just like dying in general or it could be a relationship dying so uh i think it lyrically it's very good it's not not too long a song, but I think on the album it works it works very well. What about music? Music, um, I, I think it's it, good. It's good. Okay. Not too difficult. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Broad brush terms there, my other is quite good. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Very... It's quite nice. It's quite nice. Yeah. <laughs> is that all you have to say about that? Yeah, yeah. I'll be brief. I, I just uh, yes, yes. I think this is about death. Yes. Um, I, I think the fact that the first line's skin so cold, I knew you'd go away. Mm. And then later on in the song, uh, this, and now I put you down to lay, nothing to feel for you. This was our last dance. I, I think specifically this is about death. This is about someone that has died, and it's about someone else. I, it's, I'm in one or two places, really. I, I can't decide whether or not the person was living a lie when the other person was still alive and therefore they are not glad that the person's dead but the, the term cold is both a reference to the the temperature of the skin of the person that's died but also yeah. the, the lack of emotion that the other person feels 
now that the person's dead, if that makes sense. Mm. Or yeah. it's the opposite end of the spectrum and the, and the person that is still alive is so distraught that they're just numbed by the whole thing. I kind of see... That we're, we're the chorus, which is, oh, I'm reaching for the sky, won't you please stay? I, I can see this kind of being a... I wanted to do so much in my life, why are you leaving me? Kind of kind of statement. Yeah, sure. Um, The lyrics, I think, is really, really good. Uh, Very much in the style of the rest of the album, of course. Uh, We've seen this, and of course, with the previous EP as well, we've seen these kind of death, dark statements being made. Uh, Musically, I I think this is a really good song, really strong. Starts off with a really delightful close harmony between Andrea and Christina, so much so that it's almost like they're a shadow of each other's voice. It's one of the closest harmonies I think we ever hear of theirs, actually. Yeah. Yeah. And of course, this is, to, to my knowledge, correct me if I'm wrong, but this has got to be one of the first guitar solos we get with the Killer Yeah. They're not known yep. for their guitar mm-hmm. solos. They don't do them very often, so they're always something to look out for. And this is not a particularly complicated one, but it fits in really, really well in the song. Uh, and the, the the music is, is heavy, it's dark, it's downturned, it's, it's it's got a gothic sound to it. The... The lyrics work really well with that sound. I think this is a really well constructed song that probably hasn't been given it as much attention as it deserves in the past. That's what I would say about Cold. Really good. Uh, lyrics are, are oblique enough to re- well evoke discussion like we're having now about you know, interpreting them. They're poetic. Uh, I, I think it's great. I really like this song. How about you, Russ? I mean, I pretty much agree wholesale with everything that you just said, Matt. Um, I took it as lyrically a song about saying sort of goodbye, um, sort of a death. There's a sense of a lack of regret in there. Um, You could take it from the point of view of cold. Is it, you know, someone that's died? Is it sort of someone's skin, as you mentioned, is cold? Uh, The loss of someone who's perhaps, you know, callous and then, you know, the person that's sort of thinking or saying the words no longer feels an affiliation with this person that's now sort of gone. Uh, I think the second verse works great. Um, I think it's quite interesting because um, you've got the lyrical line in there, I'm, I'm reaching for the sky going to fly. And obviously if you think later on you've got I like it where it talks about, you know, tonight I'm going to fly, touch the sky. And you've got very, very different polar opposites. So if you think shallow life, it's sort of all very happy and uplifting, whereas in a reverie it's more sort of dark, descending, gothic. So that's another interesting sort of point to sort of bring up. Um, I like the fact that there's no repetitive chorus in this song, which is typical of sort of the earlier work. Um, more traditional song structures sort of come later on, beginning with Coma Lies, and you see it a lot more sort of recently. But I think, again, at the time it was something that was very different, very iconic, and it made the band stand out. Um, so lyrically, agree agree with both of you. Uh, musically, I think the song is great. Um, I've come to appreciate it probably a lot more recently than I have in the past. I like sort of the intro that sort of you know comes in. You've got a, a subtle keyboard line low in the mix, and the chord progression is great. Uh, I love the dual vocals between Christina and Andrea, and I think the the probably the MVP on this song is actually Chicho, which is on the drumming, and I think the whole song is propelled and carried by the rhythm section. You've got some double bass drumming in there. You've got a tribal breakdown almost towards the end of the song. Perhaps you could say there's a greater influence of that that type on Karma Code that comes later with the Eastern references. Um, I think the whole song structure is great. Uh, I think it's very well balanced. Um, And as you mentioned, it's got the first guitar solo by Pizza, 
Uh, I think you've got two that come later, which is when a dead man walks and the last goodbye. And as you say, it's not sort of spectacular in terms of, you know, there's hundreds of thousands of notes in it, but it's very precise and very sort of fits well with the song. It does fit so, very well, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. so as you mentioned, I think it's one of those songs that's not been missed, but the more you listen to it, the more you realise how just underappreciated it is. Yeah, I know there's, there's so many songs, you know, these days, which sometimes they outstay their welcome a little bit. They just mm. go on there a little bit too long, and you kind of, yeah, I've, I've enjoyed this now. I, I'm just waiting for it to finish so I can get on to the next song. Do you, do you know mm. what I mean? I, yeah. I, I can't name any specific songs, whether by Lacuna Call or by any other band, that matter, but it's just a sense I have that there are some, some sort of songs that do that. Cole never does that. I mean, it's, it's a four minute, just over four minutes long. It, it's there's something fresh about it because as you say because mm. of the core progression because of the, the the change in the music the the lack of there, there is a little bit of repetition there but it's not a lot of repetition it just is a well constructed song from start to finish and I, I mm. it's really good um, probably my favourite line purely because it's it's very well, it's, it's a whole verse in fact is with a smile I watch you go you'll never know I didn't cry and then as you said, it's not really repeated. With a smile, I watch you die. You'll never yeah. know I didn't cry, and that's there's something quite mm, evocative about that. That statement. Yeah, yeah. I really like that. So, how are we going to rate Cold then? What do you rate, Mike? Well, even though I was quiet with the review, I I still he's been convinced by both of us. That's what it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I, I really like this song. I think it works well on the album and. I just I think it it it's not something to be ignored and should be listened to again. If you've if you don't listen to the album very often, I would go back definitely and make sure you take time to listen to it and listen to it properly. So I will I will give it a uh, let me think I will give it a solid seven. Okay, solid seven for Mike. What about you, Russ? Uh, I'm leaning probably towards an eight eight and a half. I'm going to stick that half in there again. Eight and a half <laughs> out of ten for me. Okay, I'm going to give this one an eight. Uh, I think it's slightly more solid than a solid seven, um, and uh, I, I I'll veer away from the eight and a half because there's room for for improvement on that from the other songs. But no, this is a really good song, Cold, and one I didn't take, I didn't pay much attention to until relatively recently when I went back and listened to the album again and realised that this one popped out of me and I really like it. So there we go, Cold, in a reverie, solid seven. Eight, eight and a half. That's a pretty good review. We've got a rather exciting competition coming up. Uh, as Russ mentioned early on in our podcast, Empty Spire is 10 this year. And uh, we have uh, quite a few bits and pieces to be given away to you. Uh, as well as something quite unique which celebrates 10 years of the Empty Spiral community. So uh, keep an eye on our Facebook page and the Empty Spiral website for more information in the upcoming weeks. Uh, And uh, I think you'll probably be quite surprised what we have. Right, that pretty much brings us to a close today. If you want to get in contact with us today, you can do so via the Empty Spiral website, which is www.emptyspiral.net. You can also contact us via our Facebook page, which is facebook.com forward slash emptyspiral.net. And of course, we're available on Twitter, which is at emptyspiralnet. Uh, I'm off this week to watch Devon Townsend and Meshuggah. Uh, what are you guys off to do? 
um, just a quiet week for me. Wow, you're still recovering from Moonspell, I hear. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And what about you, Russ? Me, I will probably be enjoying the delights of my sugar from the comforts of my living room. Um, so enjoy that. Um, but I will play it quite loudly in your honour. Um, other than that, mostly, as I said, old age is set in, so I'm on the firm road to the build-up of download, which I'm looking forward to this year. Oh, you got a download, are you? Yep, that, that is the intention. So uh, all being well, um, I might see uh, one, if not both of you, down there. Oh, yeah, I'm, get, I'm going as well, yeah. Oh, excellent. I might nip down there. Let's see how I feel. I might allow old age to give me a good excuse not to go. But <laughs> Unless you're confused, of course, for being the singer of Meshuggah, which could happen. Oh, I think I might need to lose a few pounds before that happens, to be honest. But, but thank you for the compliment. Um, <laughs> how, how is your angry Swedish, by the way? Um, it's probably not quite as good as my angry English. <laughs> right, guys. Well, thanks, everybody, for listening this week. And uh, we hope to speak to you soon. Take care, everybody. Ciao, guys. Cheers, Cheers guys.